Have you ever heard of creative embodiment? Well, today in Living Intentionally, the podcast, we're going to talk exactly about that, how you can embrace your wholeness with creative embodiment. Welcome to Living Intentionally, the podcast that empowers driven women to get unstuck and to take their personal and professional lives to the next level. I'm your host, Carmen Benton. I am here to help you create the life you truly desire without burning out. And as a leading expert in living with amplified alignment between your mind, your energy, and your soul purpose, I'll be sharing valuable insights on mindset, energy, self-care, business, and much more. Plus, you get to hear from inspired women who have successfully built businesses and lives that are both meaningful and fulfilling. Join us as we dive into the topic that matter most and uncover the secrets to living in teaching. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about embracing your wholeness with creative embodiment. And I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is N. Kim, and I'm going to let her in a second tell you her last name. Uh, she's an international writer, artist, teacher, and creative entrepreneur specializing in holistic wellness and creative embodiment. Her way of being in this world is intentional, compassionate, idealistic, trauma-informed, pleasure center, and wisdom center. Can we get a hallelujah? Yes. <laughs> She's, she's a writing teacher of 10 years and a yoga teacher highlighting how our bodies are portals to unique wisdom and deeper authenticity. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have you here. Can you please tell us your full name so I didn't have to go and, and you know, <laughs> I, I just recognize my limitations. <laughs> <laughs> That's a powerful place to be in. Thank you so much for having me here, Carmen. Hi, everyone. My name is Inkem Chukumerija. And um, yes, I'm so so, so happy to be on this podcast. I feel like there's such an alignment and I felt connected to you from when we met. So I'm, I'm happy to dive in today to this topic. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and, you know, what got you to where you are today? Yeah. Um, my story is one of those stories where it feels like you you haven't really been fully there, but you know that you've been led. You haven't fully always been like present in the present moment of what's happening, but you have been in different places and you have lived life and you have had relationships with people. And then at some point you're like, okay, now I'm going to fully be in this position to carry my life forward with myself here and not just like a feeling like a shell of myself. Mm -hmm. That's the energetic um, understanding that I have of my journey at this moment right now. Um, but I've always been a very creative person. I've always been an artist. I've always loved to do things with my hands and just get in there. Even right now, I have like some super glue in my fingers <laughs> some, some, from fixing some jewelry yesterday. It's like, it's, it's always part of me. And I love that embodied feeling of it. But at some point in my journey, like I was doing all this art and everything as a child. At some point in my journey, I decided to study fashion business because I was creating clothes and fashion lines and sketching. And I was a fashion designer as a kid. And I started um, I started sewing at age 10, just self-taught, and then quickly started taking classes and stuff like that because it was an interest. But from there, I decided to study business because something was telling me 
maybe my Nigerian background of like the excellence in my family and my ancestry, just like you have to be excellent. You have to do the doctor, lawyer, engineer, maybe that and other parts of society were telling me I had to be more, um, more practical. So I chose business as opposed to design, which I knew was impractical in the way that we were being asked to be practical. It has its own practicalities in other ways, but I knew that it was something of the heart. It was something different. Um, and through that journey of like going into the more corporate side of things, the more mental side of things, I definitely found myself disembodied from what felt right to me and what felt intuitive and what felt pleasurable in, in my system. And because I wasn't grounded in that way in my creativity, it did end up attracting a lot of what didn't serve me and not being grounded had me choosing things that I felt would ground me in some way, but it wasn't my natural way to be grounded. It was like society's natural way to be grounded. And for me, sometimes I felt stuck. So yeah, like not being grounded, I chose a lot of things that didn't, that didn't help me to stay within who I am. But also on the other side of that, I got to really understand who I am because you get to a certain point where you're not grounded and, um, the internal is fighting for you to come home. So that's kind of where this whole creative embodiment thing started to get articulated for me in the recent couple of years. You know, it, it's so beautiful because so many things came to me as you as you're speaking. Uh, one, I have to say, like, I, for the longest time, I felt my story was unique. You know, it's like I am like so broken that, mm -hmm. you know, everyone else is happy, like with their lives. Right. And mm. and it, I, as of course, there are nuances of differences, but like the core of the story and the more I meet people, it's like, no, this is like a lot of people are living a life that, you know, it's not necessarily what they wanted to, but they did it to fit in the mold of right. society. And it's funny because the last podcast we were talking about that, so I'm not going to go into that again. So you... <laughs> watch that uh but it, it was the whole like let's let's fit in the mold uh but the other thing that was coming to me when you were talking about uh you know I was never very creative that's a story that I told myself my entire life like oh I'm good with numbers but I'm right. not good with my heads but you know what I realized as I got into my journey of self-discovery and healing is that because when you are being creative and you're embodying that creativity, you're tapping into the present moment, which is the beauty of it. It's almost like a way of meditating, right? People think that meditating is sitting there in a rock. Like you can meditate by painting. You can meditate. Like I meditate by playing my singing bowls. Right. But I was afraid of being in the present moment so it was very comfortable for me to say, oh, I'm not good at sewing. I'm not good at painting. I'm not good at any of those, you know, things that make me get in touch with the now because I don't want to be in the now. Right, right. And do you find that with, uh, you know, with your clients and like in your story? Yeah, I mean, it's a big part of it. And that's why it's it's got to be trauma informed. Um okay because the things that are preventing us from being in the now are the inner stories and potentially traumas that we have faced and we have experienced in our bodies, in our, in our energy, in our souls, right? Things that carry on, have been carried on for generations and are coming through mm -hmm. to this body right now mm -hmm. in, for you to be able to express it and feel it and, and live with it and 
like glean the wisdom through what that expression of the trauma or the sensation of discomfort is saying. And you can only do that if you are present with it, right? So I, I completely relate to the escapism and also that being pulled back, like you're not escaping this. No matter how much you escape, you only find it bigger. You know, I, I, yeah, I've traveled yeah. around the world and have, well, it's like it starts with a little, myself. it starts with a little like crickets, and then it gets louder, louder, louder until like it punches you in the face. It's like yeah. okay, you gotta pay attention, right? Yes. Uh, but it's also the um, people come to me like, oh, I want freedom, I want financial freedom, I want you know all kind of freedom, right? Like freedom is the ultimate like, you know, flag that everyone wants to wait. And I'm gonna tell you like. When you actually can be with yourself in the present moment, feeling amazing, mm -hmm. that's what freedom is. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is a feeling of freedom uh, that nobody can take from you because it comes from within. It comes with the healing. It comes with just, just being here and appreciating the now because this is the only time you have for sure. Yeah. Right. So, so wonderful. So, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about like, what do you mean, you know, in your practice with your experience for, uh, by creative embodiment? Mm, yeah. Oh, I love this question because the term creative embodiment is always inviting me to define it even more. Every time that I use it, every time that I play around with it in my own practice, it's like, Yes, what is it? What what am I? Who am I? Who do you want me to be? It's like it's beckoning me forward. And for me, I right now I see it as an approach. An approach to a way of living, a way of engaging with the world. That's the way that I use it, and that's the way I try to support other people in getting in touch with themselves. There are, I think the energy that will arise when I explain what I feel it is and how to how to manipulate this thing is probably going to feel connected to a lot of different types of transformational energy or program or getting in touch with yourself. Like it's within that energy because it's a practice of going within and slowing down. So I love how you mentioned earlier about being able to be present in the moment and, you know, that resistance that we often have to being present, but that's the first step. And as we mentioned in my intro, I mean, the, the body is truly a portal to everything. If we think if we think about the living example of a birthing person, of someone who was able to bring life into this world, where did that life come from? Where did that animation of that life come from? It came through the body. So when we're in an experience where our body is not accounted for, you know, we don't even consider the body in, in our in our relationships and in our decision making and anything. We are leaving out so much vital information about how we can actually be here on this planet doing the thing that we're meant to do. And I understand that because there are many of us who don't experience sensation in the way that we would maybe hope to, or don't even know what it is like to feel, to feel true pleasure and true sensation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because we're resisting the pain that comes mm -hmm. with, you know. And numbing it with just putting it Repressing and num numbing the pain, but the pain and the pleasure, two sides of the same coin. You know, joy and fear, love and fear, joy and loss. They're, they're, two, they're all two sides of the same coin and they reside within the body. I mean, you feel that within the body. Mm -hmm. So this creative embodiment practice is an approach, is about coming into a connection with ourselves. And I find that, you know, I have these like five um, 
five elements of creative embodiment that I have that just came to me as a framework that's helpful. And it can be, you know, everyone should put the things into their own context. I think that's that's another aspect of this is that you have to put what you learn in the world into your own context and feel it out for yourself. But for me, it's attunement and then exploration and then discovery and then presence and then expression. But we are all doing all of these things all the time, but it's super nice to be able to say, okay, how can I get in tune with myself that feels like I'm touching into my power, my vitality, the, the energy of passion and life and fire and, and interest and curiosity, that spark that's within me. And where it within me is it? And what stories are, are with that? And where in my body am I feeling that? That can point you to where in your body you might be holding other things. So with the attunement practice, some beautiful embodied ways to get into it are through meditation, mm-hmm. breathing, mm-hmm. self-touch, you know, being able to sit in silence. These are things that just allow for whatever is speaking to arise a little bit. Because usually we're speaking and we're doing a lot of everything externally. But yeah, when we can just allow for things to be settled and for us to come into physical presence with ourselves, then we begin to attune to what is already there without having to change anything. And even if that is the, the practice, right? Just coming into presence with, that is a lot. That's a lot. Because you know that there's like a whole... Uh, universe, universes of sensation and story happening just on the surface of the body before you even go inward. So yes. yeah, I'll, I'll pause there for a second because well, a lot of info. <laughs> no, I know you're doing great. So uh, that is such a good point about the going inwards and, and the ways to do it. I'm telling you, like there was a time in my life where, I mean, I love to talk in case you guys haven't noticed, <laughs> but I also now appreciate so much my time alone. And when I'm alone, I'm, I mean, sometimes I talk to myself, but I'm really just going inwards. I, I, I do like very long meditations. I take like the longest baths. I go for walks. But that actually never happened before 2012. Mm. Uh, I went to a silent retreat in Bali. And I'm going to tell you, like the first 24 hours, I thought I was going to have to kill myself because mm-hmm. I was never able to like be with myself. But after that experience and so many stories and so many dialogues came and I was able to journal so much, it revealed to me what I needed to start to heal. Right. And even in the first layer, like there's stuff that comes all the time. Right. But like the first layer, like there were things that I wasn't even aware and, you know, of the things I was telling myself. So yeah. uh, yes, I, I, this is, I totally agree with you that that should be kind of like the first opening to the process is just to be able to like sit with yourself. Like what are the stories that you're telling yourself all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where, no, you, and where in your body are oh, like, actually there's a story in that same retreat. It was during mother's day back then. And I actually left my kids uh, with their dad we, we weren't married anymore. And because I'm like, I want to do this for myself for Mother's Day. But the yeah. guilt was killing me. Mm. And so I, you know, rapidly did what I do at the time, what I did at the time best, which was numb the pain, like, you know, pretend that it didn't exist. And I had this horrible numbing pain in my arm. Like I couldn't move it, hmm. like all of a sudden. And this is the very first time I saw a healer. And we were in Bali and we saw this healer and, and he looked at me and he said, 
what else are you numbing? Mm. And it dawned on me that it was the guilt. Yeah. And he said, release the guilt and then your arm is going to be fine. And I'm like, right. And I did. And then my arm was fine. And I was like, oh, my God. Your body tells you everything. Everything. (laughs) Everything. Yeah. No, I love that story. I mean, I'll share my own story, too, because I think um, that's where the passion for me, that's where the passion of this kind of practice comes. It comes from lived experience. So uh, late 2021, going into 2022, I was experiencing a lot of chest pain. It actually started in 2020 and it came, I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I just didn't have any deep awareness of my body. And this was like May, 2020. And I remember I was on a video chat with a friend and we were being goofy and stupid. And I just started laughing and I got this really tight pain, sharp, sharp pain, tightness in my chest. And I couldn't sleep all night. It really felt like my heart was squeezing itself. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the hospital and they did all the tests and everything. I even wrote a piece about it on, on the, the platform that I run because it just, it sat with me and um, it was nothing. I mean, nothing that anybody could pick up in a medical institution like that. But with time, it went away and then it would come back. And I was like, maybe it's anxiety. It was the first time I was, I was starting to understand what anxiety might have felt like within me, not mm-hmm. just what I observed on other people you know who said they had anxiety because it's if it's a, it's an embodied feeling it's vibrational it feels different for everybody mm-hmm. and looks different for everybody um so yes fast forward late 2021 and going in 2022 i was feeling it so much like it and i noticed that it was triggered by any time i felt worried any time that mm-hmm. i felt sad any time that i felt dejected and i was really in that place heavily of feeling worried sad and dejected so i felt that feeling so much and once again at this point i was in portugal the first time i was in abu dhabi this point i had traveled i was in portugal and i was going to the hospital and doing tests and i was like is this my life is this really my life for this feeling i have to explore it another way and also at the same time i was deepening into my uh, my intuitive skills my psychic abilities and taking courses where thankfully they had us pair with each other and dive into some of the the physical things that we were being presented with through our bodies. It was a medical intuition class, actually. So like really spot on with that. And I got to understand what my heart was holding and how heavy it was and how I wasn't listening to it and how every every time I wanted to feel that sense of being chosen from the world, that I would really push myself into situations to try and feel that, it was me taking away myself from my own heart or not being able to choose my own heart and what my heart wanted to express and the fullness of the intensity of the way that I love and the way that I am in this world. I was, I was suppressing that because for most of my life, I had identified with this feeling of being too much, too big, too loud, too brash, too this, too that, overwhelming, um, intimidating. These are words that people have said to me, words mm-hmm. that people have come out of people a lot of other words have come through too you know what i mean but that's the thing when you are attuned when your body is already like in a in a hyper state of like shock or trauma or or distress because it's it's not feeling safe then it's going to attune to those things because it's like i need to keep an eye on that thing that's not keeping me safe i don't feel safe enough to let my guard down my guard always has to be up against that thing but with putting that guard up and how it supported my heart in the beginning by keeping me safe, it closed me off to a whole world of beauty and, and creativity and expression and letting the truth of my heart be known because I was only really identifying with how my heart couldn't be instead of identifying with how my heart could be. But this was all part of, I mean, I'm able to articulate that because I went through the process of understanding what is it that I'm really being 
told by this pain in my chest? When does it come up? Like I had such a fear of touching my chest, touching my breasts, like just being with my own body and being with myself. But that's what invited me to actually get in touch with myself because I'm like, I just, no, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't have that. You know, I know we have four more steps, but I want to say like, even this knowledge, it's so, I mean, for our listeners, even like knowing these that we just discussed, Pay attention to your body. I mean, like my daughter is in Europe right now with uh, her dad and she gets on and off these like hives in her face. Mm. And so uh, for for some time we thought maybe, just, you know, there's something in, in the house because uh, it would only happen at their dad's house. It wouldn't happen here. Mm. Uh, but now I'm like, okay, she's in Europe. She's in a hotel. So I'm like, okay, you're not eating the same food. So what I told her is like, can, I need you to start journaling. It's not a life-threatening thing. It's not in her throat. It's just like here, and it goes away. But I was like, start journaling because I want you to start paying attention. How do you feel right before it? What happened? Is there any commonalities? Because there is something that is activating, yeah. you know, a reaction in your body, and it is probably an emotion. Right. It is an emotion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so just like, you know, for the listeners, it's like, this is when you actually incorporate this into your life, you know, you can start paying attention to like, oh, I get a hip pain. Well, are you afraid of moving forward? You know, uh, I have a headache. Well, maybe you have psychic abilities and your their eyes is, you know, it's, it's opening or something is blocked. Yeah. 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 So yes, just start paying attention. No, this is great. I, I love that. Okay. So what's step number two? Yeah, moving on to step number two, right? Like, you just, that's the thing. We can, we can dive into each of these and they're all their own world. But step number two is exploration in the way that I have it. And this is a sense of like, if you, if you think of yourself as you are going on a journey into your own creative experience or your own experience of understanding your energy, um, after you attune to the body and you come to a place where it's like, okay, I know what's there, you can enter into the portal of the body and explore what is around because there's so many things going on surface wise of the body. Like we can see some things happening and we can also like, it's not just about the things that hurt, you know, or the things that are, that are flaring up or that, you know, are those kind of conditions. But also when we're feeling radiant, when we're looking beautiful, when our eyes are bright, when, you know, like we just, our smile is, is those beautiful things as well. What is that telling us? So we can go inward and understand like the emotions, the energy, um, when I'm guiding meditations on this, I love to mention like memories that come up, you know, mm -hmm. these desires that pull you forward. And those things are coming up as energy that can be represented by your inner vision, right? We mentioned third eye, sense of clairvoyance, your imagination, the memory that comes up, who's in that memory. Everything is important. Mm -hmm. Everything tells us something. And it's important not in the sense that we need to be um hyper vigilant and be writing down everything we see because I've been there too and it's like you're just getting yourself into like a, a place of madness what you need to just calm down and just recognize that you're able to to live an inner life and live an external life like mm -hmm. that's what this is about now in exploration we're learning the landscape and we're seeing what's happening within us this is also a good place to stop and, and do your expression and feel creatively embodied like you can carry it forward or you can stop anywhere. And then um, after that would be discovery. So imagine that you are exploring this landscape <clears throat> vibrationally and you sense into what you're feeling through your emotions, through your thoughts, even through sensations that come up physically or metaphysically, right? Like if you have like um, energetic sensations that are coming, you start finding yourself pulled into a certain place. 
And this is the discovery aspect of it. It's like, what, what intuitively is drawing me into more? It might be a color that's just prevalent in the whole practice. Like, oh, orange, I just feel like orange. Or maybe I just feel like, you know, squirrels are important right now. And I wanna know what that means. And it just, something that just keeps coming up. And because we're, we've already attuned, because we've already made that intention to go inward and trust what we find, no matter what it is with no judgment, then mm -hmm. things, arise that we typically suppress. Like we have a suppression mechanism as human beings that is beyond this world. It's like, eh, no, but we allow these things to arise because we're already in this space, this, this knowing and intuitive space. Would you say that the discovery phase will be uh, equivalent to like paying attention to the signs of, you know, um, like for instance, like, you know, we we're talking earlier and uh, I look at my clock and it was 11, 11 and I was mm. like, oh, that's a good sign, right? Like, yeah. but like, and, and this, this is something funny. Like, I don't know, before I got my awakening and my spiritual gift got, you know, activated, whatever you want to call it, when I didn't know anything about these things, I kept seeing the number 1202 all the time. Like I will... I'll be in a meeting and I look at the clock, it's 12.02. I wake up in the middle of the night, 12.02. <laughs> and so the number actually was significant to me because it's my birthday. Mm. And so it caught my attention. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a message that I'm going to die on my birthday or something. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. I, that's, that's how dramatic I went. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I started researching. I didn't know anything about angel numbers, so I didn't go there. I, and I'm like, I don't know what it means. You know, years went by and I kept looking at the number yeah. and eventually, you know, I got into healing and the spirituality and all that. And, right. and I realized what numbers are and signs. And it actually has a great meaning, which is you have everything you need inside of you to, mm -hmm. to be who you need to be. Uh, but like it was like on my face, like all the time. And it just took time because I was in a tune. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't, uh, having gone in, inwards to like, to know like, okay, there, there is something that it's out there that is trying to tell me something. I mean, would, yeah. you, would that be kind of the discovery process? Yeah. I mean, like that, that, um, that is certainly a discovery process mm -hmm. and it happens to do with what you're seeing externally that helps you to go internal. And there's also this discovery process that can happen when you're already in the internal space. It's like, okay, I'm here. I think in my practice, because this is a practice that I've been building for a while that I've already been doing that um, now I know, okay, I'm sitting for meditation and I'm checking in with the body. Some things are happening. Okay, fine, cool. Thoughts are swirling. Things are going on. Okay. And then after things start to settle because I've done that initial let's okay. be here. Certain things are popping up more and more. And I notice where my body is speaking to me. Mm. It takes that level of self-trust that we have. And I, and you know, so I, I don't want anybody to feel like, well, I'm not there. I don't trust myself that much. You know, I have too many issues. I'm too broken. I self-abandon too much. I self-sabotage too much. You trust yourself, you know it, and you trust yourself so much that all of these things that are coming up that are having this interaction for you to say how much you don't trust yourself is you speaking to yourself and saying, come back home. So there is an inherent level of trust we have, especially as women, especially as people who identify with or feel that resonance with the feminine energy of knowing, of being inward, of trusting something that's guiding them, as opposed to seeing this and saying, okay, fine moving here okay fine and not having you know an inner guidance system oh so, yeah. yeah 
that kind of yeah. that kind of okay that, that totally that totally makes sense and and you know what the your intuition your guidance system yeah it's a muscle it gets yeah. better the more you trust it the right. more you trust it like so yeah I, i'm not i already told all my stories about not all of them but a lot of my stories about intuition so i'm not gonna go in in depth here but i can tell you something that when i'm performing healings uh the reason i can tap so quickly into someone and you know tell things that i have no way of knowing it's because i trust that thought that feeling yeah. that vision that pops and it might make no sense to me but it right. like 100 of the time make 100 sense to the other person yeah Yeah, no, I feel that. I mean, and and that's and when you're in that position of like connecting with others and using your intuition in that way, you really need to be in a place of trust because yeah. you don't even have your own system to verify anything. It's all about what they're verifying outside of you. Yeah. But of course, I, I'm sure, obviously, like you have a connected sense with yourself, which is why you're able to uh, do the work that you do because yes. you, you have that connected intuition with yourself. Absolutely. Okay, so before we go to three and four, I want to pause for a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Hey there! Looking for a breakthrough in your life journey? Well, I got great news for you. As a certified master intuitive coach and master energy healer, I can guide you and support you in unleashing your full potential. Let's work together to identify those subconscious blocks that are keeping you stuck, remove any emotional barrier, and reprogram the limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck into empowering ones. With my help, let's reframe your story for success and replenish yourself with light and love. You don't have to go through this alone anymore. Let's discover what's holding you back and make lasting changes in your life today. Go to the link below at carmenmentor.com to learn more about my coaching services and to schedule a complimentary consult with me today. Remember, it is time for transformation. And I'm so happy to be here to help you make it happen. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we're talking about how to embrace your wholeness with creative embodiment. And we already have covered three of the five steps that MCAM has for us today. So we talk about attunement, exploration, and discovery. And now we're going to number four, which is? Which is presence. Presence mm -hmm. is what I consider holding the frequency. And that is, there, there are a couple ways to look at presence um, in the way that I practice and explore it. And one of them is like, after we have done this, this going into the inner self, and we have discovered something that is trying to speak to us, whatever it's trying to say, um, it's a matter of being in that flow. So this is like the flow state or like the truly embodied state where we can involve ourselves in this thing that we're feeling. Or on the other side of presence is like, when we want to be in the vibration of something that we're calling into our lives, like more love, right? And, and, and um, a bigger heart and a more expensive heart. If we're able to tap into this feeling through the practice vibrationally and with our physical bodies, then we have more of an understanding of what it feels like in our lived reality in the everyday. So we can expand that. You know, if we're treating it as a muscle, then we're using it in life. And that contrasts all of the negative vibrations that we feel as humans, the fear, guilt, shame, all of the things that keep us too fixated and grounded on things that are ultimately pulling energy away from us rather than giving energy to us. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the wolf that you feed is the one that gets bigger. It's the one that that lives and protects and supports you. Yeah. 
Yeah, where intention goes, energy goes, right? Energy yeah, goes. exactly. Yes. Beautiful. Okay, and then number five is? Expression. Ooh. Expression is, is the thing. And um, here is where I think like part of me has also been looking into creative embodiment from the expression part backwards mm -hmm. because expression was has always been something so comforting for me. I'm a Leo, you know, for all of our astrology people out there. Leo, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Chiron. So I have a lot of energy in Leo. I can see the Leo. <laughs> people say it often. Hopefully you can see it because, you know, it's, it's who I am. So, um, so yeah, expression has been so, so, so comfortable for me. But a lot of the expression that I, that I had, I think, for a certain part of my life was performance. And, you know, I think it, w it became really comfortable for other people to be around that part of me, which was, yeah, performative. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed performing. I enjoyed, you know, the flair, of course, the flair and being seen and being shining and stuff. But there was always something missing internally. And so what I would give to the world would not be the same as what I would experience internally. Mm. Like, well, it's always to feel aligned, right? Like what I'm giving to the world is who I am. What you see is what you get. But it hadn't always been that way. But did I know what people could really be getting? Did I know what I could really be getting until the journey started? By any uh, chance, are you an Enneagram 7? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't done the test. I haven't done the test. I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have to do it and verify that. Yes, yes. Um, so actually, I can relate so much to that because uh, growing up in Latin America, for me, dancing has always been part of who I am. In fact, like I, like I've been trying to teach my son, my teenager son to dance and he just, you know, and I'm like, you know, back home, if a guy doesn't dance, you don't get a, you don't get a date. It's just right. like, that's how we express. Right. Yeah. And, but like now I know dancing is one of my two go pattern interrupts. If I cannot shake an emotion or, or a thought that is bothering me, I know if I dance it out, I, you know, everything's going to be okay. And it's so that if I don't feel like dancing, then I know I have to go dance. Mm -hmm. And um, I never thought about it this way until this conversation that it is probably because I'm in my body, out of my head, right? Moving all the emotions out. Right. And releasing, releasing, releasing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have space for, for these new beautiful things to come through, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a way of channeling information as well, which we didn't even dive into, but I guess it's something that, that can be explored in an expression practice. It's like, once you are so attuned with your body, once you know, it's like you're building a, what did I call it when I was in the shower this morning? A vibrational <laughs> vocabulary, a vibrational oh vocabulary, you no, know, for you to, to feel connected to your body you have a vocabulary to connect to the world through the connection through your body, the, through the connection through sensations. Whereas in other places in your life, you use different vocabularies to connect, right? We use words, you use touch as vocabulary. So this is another kind of thing. And that could be explored in an expression. So writing, I mean, my, my main thing is writing and dancing as well. I also mm -hmm. play guitar. I also sing and cook and just do anything that makes me feel like something is coming from within and I need to bring it out into the world. I make you know you know, so yeah, there are tons of ways to express yourself in this way. And I want to say even cleaning, like in, in my early stages of awakening and healing, cleaning was the thing. And there was, there was a reason why, because 
you know, when you have many kids and uh, you, you know, had a very demanding job and all that, uh, nobody wants to be around the person who's cleaning because nobody wants to be handed the broom or yeah. right. <laughs> so I found that if I was going to clean, then everyone left me alone. Mm. <laughs> And I could be with myself. Mm. So it was actually a trick. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was movement. There was movement. And, you know, I was in the presence. It was your space. Yeah. 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 You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to do. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned uh, the writing, right? Yeah. And so um, and you are, you know, you teach that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, the writing. The writing is so beautiful. I started teaching writing in 2012 and it was for me just like a college job at first and I quickly because I studied fashion business so it wasn't related to this whatsoever but I quickly felt so connected to other people through their words like it 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 was so much deeper than just supporting people with like their essay before they had to hand it in two hours later which sometimes of course you know you encounter everything when you're working with people in different types of communities but through time and through my own experience and through connecting with other people, I realized this thing about not really saying what you feel is true, you know, not really writing what you feel is true, even if it is a, a paper for a class. This is not just a class. This is your life. You just happen to be a student learning from this institution right now. And everything that you learn, you're going to carry that into life. It's not just like, oh, no, this is just school. And then my life is outside of that. No, boo. Anything you do is your life. <laughs> is your life. So I noticed that, especially in the students I was working with. And... Um, at some point felt there's this call to go beyond what the mind is offering based on what it's collecting from external information. We need to be able to go within. But like I said, I've been teaching for all of this time and I didn't really have that own, my own embodied experience with my with my written expression until mm -hmm. this, this juncture point in like the pandemic 2021, I had left Abu Dhabi, I moved to Mexico and I was traveling around and I was like, this is my time. This is my time to dive into my creative exploration. I want to know what my voice sounds like when I write. So I know what to come come back with. And that is part of the embodiment. It's like to understand what my voice sounds like. I need to express everything that is on the surface of that or everything that feels connected to me. But actually, no, that's not me. Oh, I don't like the way that sounds. Or I always find myself coming back to this theme. Oh, I always find myself coming back to these words. You know, that starts to tell me about what I actually write about and, and understand myself in a deeper way. And of course, it invited me into more vulnerability with myself, which is very easy to avoid vulnerability when you're in a teaching position, mm -hmm. because you are the one who has the curiosity and can easily bounce the curiosity off onto somebody else. And they will happily, because they come to you in that kind of regard. Like I need support in going deeper. I need support in expanding my mind or whatever. And you're able to give it. But we need to be mindful that in the position of teaching, it always invites us to be more of a, a student as well. And what better way to learn than to connect with the, own, the questions that you ask the people, your students, right? Like, or people who you work with. How do I connect with myself? So that's where, that's the foundation of the writing that I um, advocate for, I guess I could say. Mm -hmm. And that the approach that I support people in, in one-to-one -one coaching, people will come with their their projects, their their memoirs, their books, their um, yeah things things that they have in mind to write, or mm -hmm. just a bunch of their journal entries. And like, this is what I have. This is how I write. But I want more, or I I want to see what what else is there, what's in there, and. Throughout all of the, the journeys that people take in these writing and creative expression programs, 
the one thing is clear is that there are so much more internally than they ever expected, <laughs> like that they ever thought would would rise and that they already have the tools to know how to use the information to express themselves on the page. I cannot agree more with you. Writing is so healing. Yeah. Uh, I And actually when I write is probably when I channel the most. Right. And it's like, just I get taken over. Uh, and, and things that I don't even know consciously come to the surface for healing. Right. And I have to say, you know, I, I wrote a book about self-love. And I always said the first draft was a little bloody. <laughs> I wasn't writing for anybody. I was writing for myself. Mm-hmm. And things that I didn't even remember I had to heal came up. And that was like the very beginning of my true healing journey was just having it there in paper, like, oh my God, like, yeah, I have to fix this. And uh, yeah, so I totally recommend anyone to like get into that type of writing, not superficial, but they're really like vulnerable going in um, and just see what's there. Yeah. No, I, I totally. And then when it comes to like the creative part of it, because there's like the writing aspect, which everybody, I, if, if it's accessible to you, if you feel like it's calling you, definitely tap into that, dive into it. But some people don't feel connected with the creative expression aspect of it, of like, oh, performing through fiction, through poetry, or they don't feel like they have the understanding to go down those realms. And in my work with people, I'm like, you have everything. You know everything because you're human, because you express yourself, because you're connected to yourself, because you're connected with the world and you have a vocabulary. So given all of those tools, let's put them together and see what naturally arises. I'm coming from an institutional background of teaching in a university and really questioning is it the academic voice or is it the personal voice that we really want to support our students in cultivating? That's my, that was my inquiry back then. I didn't know that it was going to come to this, but that's what it was back then. And it somehow brought me to this sense of there is no perfect voice that you can match. There's no standard of even poetry, right? There's no standard of, of fiction that feels like it's going to do justice to the stories that you want to tell because you have to write through your lived experience and what you sense. So that in my work, that's how I support people in understanding there's a bridge between that deep sense of connecting through writing and through expression and how you want to potentially perform it in the world. You can do it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so you have something for our listeners that can help them get there and get to know you. And so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I have some reflective writing prompts for self-discovery, for inner acceptance and awareness. Um, So free prompts, beautiful, uh, about four or five pages of a a lot of delicious prompts for you to dive into, journaling. And on the first page, we have kind of um, a step-by-step how to get into the space where you can use the resource. It was actually created by the writing fellows that we had as part of the Wellspring Words Writing Fellowship back in 2022. After their their six-month program in the fellowship, they they came up with these uh, these prompts. So they're very lived and they're very intentional, as we love, right? <laughs> that intentionality. So I'm hopeful that people can can grab those and support themselves. That's beautiful. And um, we'll put the links to your, you know, all your resources in the description of um, of the podcast. But do you mind just for those that are auditorial, uh, yeah. tell them where where to get it? Yeah, sure. So you can go to uh, www.wellspringwords.love. 
um, slash subscribe. That's where you'll find these or you'll find them on any page because it's in the footer. When you subscribe, you'll have a, a position to download the prompts right there. And also you can find us on Instagram at Wellspring Words. That's the community site. That's where I do all of, all of this stuff is channeled through the offerings on Wellspring Words. And um, me personally, I'm on Instagram um, at naturallyfree123. And my personal website is bynkem.co. And that's where I, I share all of my personal writing and all the things that I'm diving into too. It's an exploratory creative life. So there's a lot to expand into all the time. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, and Cam, for being here today with us. It's been a delightful conversation. Um, I sure it was going to be, but I'm even more excited of you know the conversation that we had. So thank you so much. And um, is there any final words you want to share? Well, I want to say thank you, of course. I definitely, it, it's been such a beautiful conversation. I love to hear about your story too and how it fits into this larger this larger sense of well-being and wholeness, right? And healing ourselves, like it's always inspiring. So thank you for having me and welcoming me into your space. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys next week in another delightful episode of Living Intentionally. Bye-bye.